0: to another episode of animation fascination podcast i'm mark Weber, and with me again as always is my companion matt quest
1: hello and today our guest is tara platt a voice actress and live action actress uh she works on uh, tv film and uh voiceover so stay tuned for that later on the episode
0: And then, if you guys haven't listened to our show before, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past to present, Uh, whether it's traditionally hand drawn, computer generated, or stop motion. If it is animated, we discuss it. Uh, So, with that, we'll be back in a few seconds talking about new releases coming out on DVD and Blu ray. Be back in a few seconds, guys. Back with our new releases for the week. The first one just came out recently. is called Iron Man Rise of Technovore. And actually, Tara Platt, who will be on later, did a voice in it of Sasha Hammer, uh, who is the granddaughter of Justin Hammer. who, If you guys saw, Iron Man 2 was played by uh, Sam Rockwell. And, uh, and then is the daughter of Justine Hammer, which is Justin Hammer's daughter, and the Mandarin. So if you guys saw Iron Man 3 the daughter of Mandarin in that, so. Uh, and this is actually, this film is actually an extension of the Iron Man anime series that Marvel had done, uh, which ha- which had uh, Adrian Pastor, if you guys watched Heroes, did the voice of Tony Stark and Iron Man in that, but in this he didn't return, it was it was a different actor, which off the top of my head I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but this also has Norman Reedus, so if you guys have seen Boondock Saints or Watch the Walking Dead, Uh, He does voice of the Punisher in this, and basically it it revolves around the storyline of the rise of Technovore, obviously. Um, (laughs) Basically, Tony Stark's uh, best friend, Rhodey, who we also know as War Machine, is believed to be killed by uh, Obadiah Stane's son. Obadiah Stane, if you guys saw the first Iron Man, was Jeff Bridges in that. Uh, And he's basically trying to figure out... exactly what happened and what Technivore is and how he can defeat it. Meanwhile, S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to go and pick him up, so uh, Hawkeye and Black are sent out by Nick Fury to, to go get Tony Stark to, because they think he might have been involved with the explosion of this chemical plant. Um, if you do pick this up, make sure that, before you start watching it, you change the audio to English, because apparently the, the default language on here is, is the Japanese. Because I started watching, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I did not know this was all in Japanese. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Sometimes, uh, it depends on how anime is animated that for, for me to like it. Because some of it's not to my tastes, but other times it is. Because I really enjoyed uh, the apple seed kind of anime films that they did. I thought that was cool. Where it's kind of like a mix of the CG animation and hand-drawn animation. Cool. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed this, and if you're, you're a fan of Iron Man, if you want to go see Iron Man 3 this weekend, and or if you just liked the new Avengers film, this is enough within that same world, because, I mean, Hawkeye's costume, and this is pretty much exactly what he wore in, in the movie. And then it, it's cool to see the Punisher in here as well, teaming up with somebody, because he doesn't usually team up. And Norman Reed just did a pretty good job voicing him as well. So I would definitely say at least go check that out and rent it, because it was an, pretty interesting. Uh, the next film is from Shout Factory, and it's called A Monster in Paris, and it's actually from the director of Shark Tale, uh, which at first may make you not really, you know, be too yeah, uplifted. Yeah,
1: steer away from it, but <laughs> let's hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah, you, you might be, you're like, oh man, Shark Tale, but... Uh, but it's actually the, the main premise of the movie is not to judge things by its cover, which which is exactly what you do when when you see the the cover of the movie, and so and I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised with it. Uh, it's the like I said, the director is Bibo Bergenson, um, and it actually never made it to U.S. theaters because it, it wasn't a commercial success, despite being critically acclaimed in France. It was actually produced by Eurocopa, which is uh, Jean Reno's not. Uh, production company you remember him remember him from like leon the professional and pink oh, panther yeah. movies and yeah. other things like that uh it's set in 1910 in paris uh and it's follows like this wacky inventor his best friend and a hair-brained monkey um as they sneak into a mad scientist's laboratory uh, and then they kind of start playing with potion it's kind of like a mix of like frankenstein and like some of the all those other films like that. It's got a lot of songs in it. So if you liked like the old school, like Disney movies, like all of them ha- always had songs in it. Yeah. I, I think you'd enjoy this too. It's, it's, it's CG animated. Uh, it's not like the best, hand, I mean, not the best CG animation in the world. Uh, it's better than that the Alpha and Omega movie that came out a few years ago, <laughs> where it looked like half the animation wasn't done. But And it's, it's kind of got like a, a r- really cool style to it. It's like very stylized animation. So I would definitely say it is worth going to rent. There actually aren't any uh, bonus features on it, which that kind of stinks. But it did also come as a Blu-ray 3D. So if you have a 3D TV, you can check that out and see what it looks like in 3D too. Uh, So I might have to go to our friend Justin Vactor's house and see what the film looks like in 3D. (laughs)
1: Still the only friend we know with a 3D TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The next film well not film but it's uh it's T V series and I had a tough time watching this just because I still I still don't understand the, the whole brony uh, nation kind of thing. I know one person that's like really into My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic that's a that's a dude. And yes. I watched <laughs> I watched this because obviously I had to so we could review it. Um it's My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Princess Twilight Sparkle. Which, if you're a big fan of Tara Strong, the voice actress, she does the voice of Twilight Sparkle in this. And uh, like we'll be we talking to later, Tara Platt's husband, Yuri, does the voice of uh, teenage Ben 10. She does the voice of 10-year-old Ben 10. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, this is definitely uh, it's aimed at kids that are like 5 to... To nine or so and and when i watch so it,
1: if you have kids out yeah. there five to nine this is an episode that you could have them watch
0: yeah the, the episodes on it are games ponies play magical mystery cure mystery on the friendship oh sorry mm mystery on the friendship so let's be like mmm, <laughs> uh yeah. ex- oh, on the friendship express uh, magic duel and lesson zero
1: I can tell you right now I'm not going to watch this, but, uh, yeah, if you have kids, you know, little kids, this is for them. So, yeah. I mean, we cover this stuff so parents don't have to, and they can just play it for the kids.
0: That's right. Uh, it's also got a sing-along and a coloring sheet. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, <laughs> that's My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Uh, and if if you are a brony, that's that's like mine or Matt, Matt's age. We're around late 20s send us an email or tweet or uh, comment on Facebook let us know why you like the show exactly what draws you into it and I mean the animation is very good but personally I can't get into it because uh, I don't know just I don't like ponies I guess um,
1: yeah ponies <laughs> yeah <laughs> Prince, uh, princess and sparkle yeah that's
0: from from there, we're gonna get into another one of Matt's favorite subjects: uh, motion comics. Uh, Marvel, oh, Jesus! Marvel Knights has released uh, Inhumans motion comic on DVD, and um, the Inhumans is a. It's based on the popular series by Marvel characters that, um, and it's it's not really any of like their classic characters. It was basically like, this, this series that they did, uh, about a, a race of genetic outsiders. Uh, it's almost like sort of like the X-men but not exactly they lived secluded in an island kingdom of a at I can't pronounce it at Atalan uh, preferring not to mix with the outside world even stronger their genetic mutations are self-endowed each inhuman as the coming of age ritual endures exposure to the Torrigan mists a strange substance that imparts unearthly powers some extraordinary some monstrous so if if you read the comic, uh, and you like motion comics, so this might be worth checking out. Uh, like, like Matt has said before, it's I still can't really get into watching motion comics because it's
1: because they're not supposed to be motion comics that yeah. are supposed to be that long. If you want me to go on another rant, I will. But right now, I'm just yeah, we'll leave it where it stands.
0: Yeah, this yes. one's this one's two hours and twelve minutes.
1: Oh my God. <laughs>
0: so so it it is shorter than than the Astonishing X Men one.
1: But still, I mean, motion comics, it's like you just cheated and you're like, all right, well, we're not going to really do all the animation, but we'll do some of the animation.
0: Like the best comparison I can give to like motion comics is basically audio books. Like if you want to read the comic, but you don't really want to sit there and flip through every page and read the comic, then you can watch this motion comic. That's that's pretty much the closest I can say that it, it is to it.
1: The motion comics like the lazy animators comic. That's how I put it now. That's that's my term for it. The lazy animator uh, comic. Yes, video animation. Jeez.
0: Uh, yeah. So so with that, that's Marvel's Knights and Humans. Uh, the next one's gonna be kind of a little flashback for me and Matt. Uh, did you ever watch the Magic School Bus, Matt?
1: I remember the Magic School Bus because
0: they just really released this DVD called Magic School Bus All About Earth. Uh, it's got three episodes on there. Goes to seed, uh, blows its top, and goes on air. Uh, and it was it was cool to, to watch this again and have, have Patrick watch it because I remember being really I really liked the Magic School Bus when we were kids. <laughs> and have uh, have you seen that uh, that that meme where it's uh, some of the main kids from Magic School Bus, and then the the Planeteers from Captain Planet, and basically. Hey the kids from the Magic School bus exactly are
1: exactly th- the same. Yeah, the, the
0: the kids are the kid versions of the Planeteers.
1: Yeah.
0: It would be kind of funny to have that theory where like, oh, the kids that went to Miss Frizzle's class ended up being the Planeteers.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Actually this past Halloween, it's funny you mentioned Magic Magic School Bus came out with this because last this past Halloween, we actually, you know, at Fisher Price we have the huge parade with everyone that does the costumes and then they hand out like awards for the best costumes and actually this year someone made miss frizzle uh costume with the magic school bus and it was like the title screen it was awesome i I can't remember if she won or not but i just remember seeing that and going oh my god
0: that's awesome (laughs) i
1: remember that yeah
0: yeah i always thought that that was really cool i'm surprised they never tried or I, i bet eventually with what they're with all the remakes and Reboots of stuff they, they'll do an animated film of this or a maybe even a live-action thing. The live-action would obviously cost more to do with all the stuff the, the school bus does. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good show for kids to watch too since it does, you know, ex- explain like different scientific facts. Like, like, like this, this one talks about, you know, like seeds and volcanoes and air pressure. And I remember there was one where they, they went to, like, outer space... Uh, and then there there's one I've seen where they point out uh, like a continuity thing where they're supposed to be inside Arnold's body because he, he'd swallowed gum or something like that.
1: I, I think I remember that.
0: Yeah. And, and then they cut to one of the seats and he's sitting in the seats, even though they're inside of his body. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a weird little continuity thing. But, but yeah, if, if you like The Magic School Bus, uh, definitely check the, the DVD out. You can get messy and make mistakes. I I know I screwed up, but isn't she, she said something like, "Take chances, make mistakes, get messy," right? Something like that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: the last one is not animated, but it's it's from Disney, so I wanted to check it out nonetheless. Uh, it's another one of their their films in the Disney Nature category, and it's called Wings of Life, and it basically takes you from the point of view of plants and like how they help the, the Earth, and it's narrated by Meryl Streep, who is supposed to be one of the plants in it, um, but then it's got this like really like kind of breathtaking uh, visuals of like the cameras that they used for it. some of them are like inside the uh, these flowers that you see bees fly right up to, or and, like hummingbirds, and some of the shots I really want to know like how they got them. Just because like some of them are you're really trying to figure that out the entire time. Yeah, it, cool. It's definitely we're checking out it's like I said it's not animated but it's from Disney and if you liked the other Disney nature films you'd probably enjoy that as well so that is our our slate of new releases this week Uh, we'll be back in a few seconds with our news the news for the week this guy is. Uh, first thing is that they've been holding, free. Pixar's been holding free screenings for Monsters University for college students and faculty happening across the United States. I tried to go to one the other uh, the other week, but I wasn't able to since I'm not in college anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to because I really want to see the movie. Uh, Matt, you might be able to, I mean, you'd have to go to New York City, though, because it looks like the one that's going to be closest to you uh, on May 7th. Because uh, you I mean since you work at a college, uh, yeah. Probably <laughs> uh,
1: won't be able to make it to New York City, but that would have been a dream.
0: Yeah, I guess both of us will have to wait until June twenty-first, like most most everybody else. <sighs> uh So if you haven't got a chance to see it yet, or haven't gone to one of these screenings, uh, the next few that are coming up, uh, May seventh, uh, is Piscata Piscataway, uh, New Jersey, and New York City, New York. And then the, the day after, on uh, May 8th in Chicago, Illinois. And so far from everyone that has seen the movie, we've, you've heard nothing but like good reviews for it. And that captures like the same emotion as the first film. And from like, slash film to first showing.net, uh, nobody has anything bad to say about it so far. So it's looking pretty good for the movie. And I actually saw uh, the director, Dan Scanlon, uh, tweet the other day that the film is now 100% done because I guess some of these screenings that they're they're doing is the like 99% done Ooh. version of the film so it might not be like all the music isn't placed exactly where it's going to be there might not be all the cuts and whatnot so yeah definitely if you have a chance to go see that and you're still in college definitely check that out and let us know what you guys thought of the movie awesome uh, and the next thing is Little Mermaid 3D Blu-ray box art has been revealed, plus some of the bonus features were announced. Uh, that's coming out October 1st. Also, Oliver & Company is coming to Blu-ray on August 6th. So and I'd be willing to bet that Oliver & Company won't be the only Disney animated movie that comes out that day, because just like on June 11th, they're doing uh, Leal and Stitch, Atlantis, and Emperor's New Groove. I'm sure they'll do a, like a mass... Uh, release that day too and we'll probably get I'm hoping maybe with Oliver and Company maybe we'll get Hercules and Tarzan on Blu-ray. So fingers crossed maybe that we'll get those uh, and it's, it's good to see that it has now been confirmed that Little Mermaid will indeed be on 3D on Blu-ray so if you have a friend with a 3D TV you can go check that out at their place.
1: So to highlight the Fox animation slate at CinemaCon, our next bit of news um, Fox Has uh, released um, the chairman Jim Giannopoulos. I hope I said that correctly.
0: (laughs) We're always gonna screw up names, so sorry in advance.
1: (laughs) Even the best uh, announcer cannot pronounce every name. All right, so. The Unleashed the Dragon, or the sequel to Dragons. How to Train Your Dragon 2, not a confirmed title, the sequel to DreamWorks Animation 2010 hit, will be in theaters in June of two, uh, yeah, 2014, June 20th.
0: Yeah, so just about a year away.
1: A year away. How to Train Your Dragon 2. All right, next summer is already looking better. Um, you know, We didn't hear of anything else coming out. Is there anything else coming out? Uh, Mr.
0: Peabody and Sherman's coming out in in the spring next year, in March, uh, because they got pushed back from this fall. Yep, so Uh, we'll
1: be seeing that. uh, Go go ahead. They actually gave us... uh, uh, They unveiled a sneak peek at the uh, CinemaCon as well for uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Um, What were you going to say, Mark?
0: I was going to say, I guess at CinemaCon they actually showed some... Like a little teaser, uh, footage of footage from Dragon Two, and uh, I, I guess it's not really a spoiler, but the fact that Hiccup is a few years older, and like he's noticeably kind of older in this, in the teaser the showed, and the people that were talking about it were saying that would be like a, a perfect thing from to just release as a first teaser trailer for for the film with with that, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that too. I found somewhere online, there was like an actual image of Hiccup from the second film. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, if you guys are following us on Facebook or Twitter, uh, look back a few days, you should be able to find that, too.
1: That's where you check it out. Cool. And then to close out the presentation, uh, The Chair and DreamWorks Animation offered up a new look at Turbo, which comes out uh, July 17th. And we're looking forward to that, even though I I kind of was against it. And now <laughs> all the trailers that have come out have been looking pretty good. What do you think, Mark?
0: Yeah, I think it looks pretty, pretty interesting now, too. And uh, we have Epic coming out later this month. They also talked about that a little bit. Uh, and they also talked about the sequel to Rio, which we really haven't heard more on yet. And they also, uh, Chris Wedge, who's actually directing Epic and also did... Uh, Ice Age and Robots announced a new Peanuts film is coming from Blue Sky as well. It's going to be coming out in November of 2015, which will, like you were saying, come out with the 65th anniversary of Charles Schultz's first comic strip for that.
1: Awesome! Yeah, can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, uh, and then the next thing was that Disney also had some pretty awesome announcements at CinemaCon this past few weeks ago uh they show apparently they like we were just saying they they screened the entire uh film of monsters university so it would have been pretty awesome to be there to see that too uh they also uh now confirmed confirmed because i thought this was already confirmed was that pete doctor's new film will be called inside out uh which haven't we hasn't that like been, been reported like three or four times now that it's going to be called that <laughs>
1: Well, I think we're just so on top of it, maybe the whole general yeah. public doesn't know, but we're the informed ones, and we're informing you right now. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, so, so the movie will be called Inside Out, and it comes out in theaters on June 19th of 2015. So if nothing changes, that will actually mean that'll be the first year that two Pixar films come out in the same year, with uh, the recently announced Finding Dory coming out in November of that year as well. So, uh, And then next year's also got... Uh, they also got to see a few seconds of animation from *The Good Dinosaur*, that'll be coming out next May, which that was probably pretty exciting too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to *The Good Dinosaur* a lot too, and I'm hoping because usually Pixar does this, where there's like a teaser trailer. It'll either it'll either be in front of *Monsters University* when we see it this June, or it'll be on the Blu-ray for *Monsters University* when it comes out probably this November. So I'm looking forward to seeing some stuff from that, and the the last thing they reported was a first cut of Frozen, has uh, has been done, and it, according to Horn, it says that it's one that works. So hopefully that <laughs> that means that it's good. <laughs>
1: yeah, hopefully that means it's you know it works. So. Yeah,
0: and kind of then um, they also reported uh, some footage or showed some footage from Lone Ranger. And talked about the fact that there's basically going to be a Star Wars movie every year for the foreseeable future, starting in 2015, with uh, starting with Episode Seven, and then every other year we'll get like standalone films. So it'll be Episode Seven, standalone film, Episode Eight, standalone, Episode Nine, and then they didn't give like a uh, an end date for that. So apparently we'll have Star Wars films every year for the for into infinity and beyond.
1: <laughs> I think as long as George Lucas is alive, he's going to continue to make Star Wars yeah. movies.
0: I I'm glad that J.J. Abrams will be is going to be directing Episode Seven, and apparently they want him to do Episode Eight and Nine too. So we'll see what happens there because I know there's a lot of people that want to see him direct star, the third Star Trek movie too. So I guess we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and also. We know that whenever a film does does really well, that guarantees that there will be a sequel for it. And with that, since DreamWorks The Croods has done so well uh, this past March, uh, that film is now starting the pre-production process of getting The Croods 2 underway. Uh, I'm, are, so did you ever get a chance to to see this, Matt, the, the first one? <laughs>
1: Is it out on Redbox yet? Not yet. <laughs> okay, because that's what I was planning on yeah. watching it.
0: It'll, it'll probably be by, by August or so since it came out in March. So. Okay.
1: Well, that was my plan <laughs> as of right now. I've been really busy lately.
0: That's a no problem. Uh, what, what I thought was funny was that uh, someone I actually follow that works at DreamWorks on Instagram uh, said that they weren't sure what they, they thought about that. So that's kind of interesting that someone that even like works there doesn't even know if they really want... A sequel. to
1: do a sequel.
0: <laughs> and I saw somewhere that Nicolas Cage said that he wanted the, the sequel to take place in space.
1: Oh, man. Well, oh, he would.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the next the thing after that was that composer Michael Giacchino is actually going to be returning to Pixar to compose a, as yet, uh, unannounced Pixar film. So since, since it hasn't been released or announced yet, maybe, maybe it's uh, one of the, the films uh, I can't, uh, there was one that someone was working on. I don't remember which director it was, but I'd be, I'm interested to see what he'll be, he'll be doing for them next, because I really did enjoy, uh, the music that he did for, like for Up and Ratatouille and of course Lost and other stuff that he's worked on. So I'm definitely interested to see what he'll be working on next. Awesome. Uh, this next one I know Matt is super happy about, uh, this is that Merida, has now joined the Disney Princess Royal Court.
1: Oh, yeah, because, you know, that's something I follow very closely.
0: Yeah. You were, you were campaigning forever to make sure that she would be the first Pixar Disney uh, princess, and looks like all your petitioning worked off.
1: Cause... Yes, that's exactly what happened. It was all my mass blogging that led her to Disney princessism. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh
0: So, yeah, the ceremony will take place on Saturday, May 11th at 9.30 in the morning in a special royal celebration in front of Cinderella Castle in Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World in Florida. And she will be crowned and become a full-fledged member of the Disney Princess brand. Uh, And all ten current Disney princesses, Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana, and Rapunzel will be in attendance. So, Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of cool that, you know, Pixar is now with, within the Disney Princess brands because now it won't always just be Pixar uh, products that you can buy are only cars and Toy Story. And now now if you have a daughter, and you, now you can always buy a Meredith thing because they always have the <laughs> Disney Princess stuff out all the time.
1: I got to tell you a little story. I was uh, visiting uh, one of my friends down in New Jersey, and his wife was telling me about the... Uh, the year she got to work down at disney and you know for her it was like really magical because she got to go down there and she got to meet all the characters like behind the scenes and everything and she said like her her favorite character snow white and the seven dwarfs when she finally like met them in person behind the scenes like her whole image of like (laughs) snow white and like the magic of disney was ruined because he's like she saw her like ran into her, you know, like below the like oh, yeah. the
0: Disney level and the tunnels and of this.
1: And I guess, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs were just puffing on cigarettes <laughs> in, the ba- in the basement. And she was like, "It ruined my whole image of everything. It was ruined."
0: That would be an awesome picture to see so, though. Yeah, just so to you see. Can just
1: imagine Snow White and like the Seven Dwarfs in the in the hallways smoking on cigarettes. So. Jeez. It's not glamorous all the time, but at least the public can't see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the only smoking you see happening at Disney is the the caterpillar from from Alice in Wonderland sucking on his hookah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. So going, going from that, uh, <laughs> Mark Andrews, uh, who just recently directed Brave for Pixar, is writing and directing a new original film for Pixar. Uh, he hasn't really said anything else about it other than he's working on it right now. And during the interview this is when he went to he returned actually to Scotland to for a an animation uh, mentoring thing and he said that he also would be open if, if there was the right story for it in the future for a sequel to brave so which is basically like the standard like answer you give for any sequel thing like if there's is there if there's a the right story we'll do a sequel to it so i guess if they, if pixar does eventually come up with a, a really good story for a sequel to brave that's not out of line, I guess. Uh, so, and I'm looking forward to in, since Brave really wasn't like his brainchild to begin with. I'm interested to see the the film that he's writing and he'll be directing now too, just to see like what, like you know what, just comes from him, and isn't like an amalgamation of him and Brenda Chapman working on something together. Uh, the next, I mean, did you did you want to say anything about that, Matt, or are you? Just excited, too.
1: Very excited. <laughs>
0: uh, the next thing um, I know both of us are not excited about. Uh, trolls... How to can make... you say that? You like trolls?
1: Well, it's trolls.
0: Are, are you just trolling? <laughs> uh, trolls are to make a comeback with uh, DreamWorks. Basically, um, looks like DreamWorks has assigned uh, the newly acquired... IP to to Sean Dennis who headed the American Girl franchise. Uh, Dennis will serve as a brand manager. No word yet on what exactly has to come from the new Trolls Invasion, but with DreamWorks animation, expect tune based media, film and or television, and of course toys, t shirts, video games, and everything else imaginable.
1: I could just see this being exactly like the Smurfs in 3D. Yeah. It's just gonna be trolls everywhere as far as the eye can see.
0: The only thing I can think of now when I think of trolls though is Jimmy Fallon. Singing his his troll songs, or he did the I bought a troll, I bought a troll <laughs> for you, the one you wanted was blue, they only had yellow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So are you guys excited for a troll movie? I know, apparently Matt is, uh, but I'm I'm not as excited, and our writer for the site John, is doesn't seem to be too excited either. <laughs> Uh, the next thing coming from DreamWorks though is that they're hard on work on the eagerly anticipated Kung Fu Panda Three, which I'm really looking forward to that. And apparently, uh, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad has Board joined the, the ca- has joined the cast. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen from Casino Royale, and he's also now uh, Hannibal Lecter on the TV series Hannibal on NBC, as well as Rebel Wilson from Bridesmaids and Pitch Perfect will. Also, be lending their voices to the film, uh, joining Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, Seth Rogen, uh, Jackie Chan, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, so, uh, no word on what characters or animals the the newly minted cast members will play. Uh, but based on previous acting roles, labeling them as possible antagonists it's probably not out of the question. Although I would like to see uh, Brian Cranston do like maybe like a really wimpy like rabbit in the movie, just because it would be totally like base. It'd be funny because since kind of like Brian Cranston is more or less a villain on Breaking Bad at this point and Mads yeah. Mikkelsen played the villain in Casino Royale and is Hannibal Lecter, it'd be funny if those two were good guys and that Rebel Wilson was the bad guy of the third movie just because just that would definitely throw you for like a twist since you wouldn't see that coming. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they'll do for the third one since the second one kind of leaves us off with that Poe might get to meet his father his, well, his biological father, because his his adoptive father is the duck. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll be really interested in that because the second one was so well done. I love the colors, the stylization, and the storyline and everything. So, I have big expectations for Kung Fu Panda Three.
0: Yeah, I'm real. I'm really excited to see it. Uh, that'll be coming out in 2015. So, uh, a few <clears throat> more years. Uh, the last bit of news is a new Hulu original series, animated. Um, coming from Seth Meyers from Saturday Night Live and Michael Shoemaker from, I want to say Parks and Recreation, uh, is is going to be released soon on August first on Hulu. So if you have Hulu Plus, you can check that out. Uh, we have the the trailer for the show on our website. It's pretty funny. It's 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 a little bit cruder animation because it's low budget, but it's it's. Here's the stuff. So after Mr. Awesome announces his retirement. As leader of the Awesomes, a superhero task force, his not-so-super-son, Proc, which is uh, an amalgamation of the word professor and doctor, uh, which is played by Seth Meyers, fills the roster with previously rejected applicants, but despite their incompetence and general lack of ability, the team must band together to battle diabolical villains, ever-present paparazzi, and a less-than-ideal reputation as second-class superheroes. Awesome. Yeah. And this looks pretty funny The uh, Keenan Thompson does the voice of the Berserio, in- who <laughs> he's uh, a fashion plate who also has the ability to conjure whatever he can imagine using the magical jewel in his head. Uh, his, he has mother issues though. So unfortunately he only conjures different versions of his mother. <laughs> uh, there's frantic, which is basically kind of like a flash character, you know, like the, the speedster, uh, and what's funny about him is that he's for no reason whatsoever. He's a redneck too, uh, but because he has superpowers, he's also an outcast in his family, and he's fame hungry. And just his goal is not to be a superhero, but to get his own reality show because he's a superhero. Uh, Sumo, which is voiced by Bobby Lee, you guys remember maybe remember from Mad TV and uh, the Harold and Kumar movies, plays Tim, and Tim is basically like an a amalgamation of the Hulk mixed. With um, uh, Captain Marvel, and they, he, Tim, yeah, Tim is a little boy, but when he gets angry, as all little, as all little boys do, he transforms to a giant sumo wrestler. So that's the embodiment of preteen angst. Uh, and the last few characters on there uh, are Bill Hader is going to be doing the arch villain's voice, Doctor Malickiol. I can't know. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Mr. Awesome is voiced by Steve Higgins. Uh, Hot Warriors is going to be voiced by Rashida Jones. And Seth, Seth Meyers' brother, Josh Meyers, is going to be doing the voice of Perfect Man.
1: Awesome.
0: So I'm definitely looking forward to this. I, I kind of wish I had Hulu Plus to watch it, but yeah. maybe it'll be just available on regular Hulu as well.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that is our news today, guys. We'll be back in a few seconds with new trailers.
2: Space, a wondrous realm where heroes are forged, a place of peril and adventure, and, and... I can't do this. Okay, cut. Sure you can, Quark. Just sound out the big words, like you practiced. It's not that. Look, our first
0: feature film, And there's nothing here. Where's the eye-popping 3D?
2: The CG explosion. Where's the dubstep? Apologies, Captain. Everyone is out making the Ratchet & Clank movie.
0: And they can't spend a few more hours getting us a bit of pizzazz?
2: How lazy are they? Whoa, uh, hold on. You don't want to anger such a talented team of animators. Oh, please. What'll they do? Stop animating? Okay, hey
0: guys, back with the new trailer for the week. First one is Ratchet Clank, based on the popular video game series. Uh, and this is a pleasant surprise, because I actually had no idea they were making this until I saw the teaser trailer for it. And from the, the footage in the, the teaser trailer, it's, it's just as tongue-in-cheek and kind of somewhat meta as the, the video game is. And it kind of reminds me of the, the classic uh, Looney Tunes short that had uh, Donald Duck being messed with by Bugs Bunny as he was animating the, the scene for him. That's kind of what they do in this, but with the computer animation angle. And I'm really excited to see this. It's going to be produced by Rainmaker Entertainment, who just did Escape from Planet Earth. Uh, what did you think about the trailer, Matt?
1: I thought it was pretty cool. I liked how they had like the studio setting when the guy, uh, during the... Um... Trailer was like talking and like they turned with it. It was really neat to see like the occlusion wireframe because you know, most like you know, any trailer doesn't have unfinished you know animation in it, so it was just cool. Like, I, I even teach this to my students to try and like think outside of the box. I'll probably be showing them this one now where you, you know, if you show something that's unrendered and like has wireframe, like you can use that artistically in something. So, I, I really like that.
0: Cool. Yeah, I also like that they have the voice cast coming back from the video game as well to voice the characters in the film, too. So that's really awesome of them doing that. Uh, the next one was the final trailer for Monsters University, which is almost kind of like a, uh, a combination of, like, the the college ads they did for it, the first trailer, and or the second trailer, and then, like, some new footage in the third one. Uh, what did you think about it? <laughs>
1: I honestly felt like they showed us a little too much <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's still not as much as that Japanese trailer showed, but there and I guess people that have seen the movie too are saying this does show a lot of footage, but it doesn't ruin anything big in the film at all i I like to seeing more of Randall in the trailer though too, where he gets bumped into and he turns invisible,
1: yeah, that was pretty cool,
0: yeah, so I'm interested in i'm I can't wait to to see monsters University so. I mean, if you already watched the other trailers and you're already into watching the movie, if you don't want to see any more to possibly be ruined, I guess don't watch it. But if you want to see as much footage as possible, definitely check the trailer out. So those are our trailers for the week, guys. And we'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations.
2: Whoop, whoop, whoop.
0: recommendations for the week of may 5th uh mine is dr puppet episode one the red x and i'm actually just kind of recommending this youtube channel in general called hello dr puppet youtube channel if you're like a big fan of doctor who it's a stop motion animated uh web series uh, they have three episodes up now there's this first one with the, the 11th doctor and the second episode Shows what the tenth Doctor is doing for this during this first episode, and it leads up, and they kind of meet at the end of both episodes. And then there's also a Christmas-oriented episode as well. So I mean, if you're a big fan of Doctor Who, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's got, and if you like stop-motion animation in general, it's it's cool to see it that way too. What did you? I I don't think you watched Doctor Who yet, Matt. But what did you think of of the short?
1: I thought it was cool. I mean, I congratulate, you know, the people who are actually producing this. Cause, I mean, this is fan-based, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the the fact that, you know, fans can put out something of this quality is great. I mean, the sets look, you know, awesome. The, you know, the puppeteering, it, it, the stop-motion, it looks really good. So yeah. even though, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the Doctor Who episodes, I mean, it, it's awesome to see, you know, fans putting out this, you know, higher quality um, animation for the web so it, I thought it was really cool
0: definitely uh, yeah so um, definitely go check that out there's there's three episodes now like I said and if you haven't even if you haven't watched doctor who these are there's no dialogue in them it's all they're all um, yeah dialogue uh, lists <laughs> well, so they're all they're all silent you know it's yeah.
1: good animation if, and you still watch it when there's no dialogue
0: definitely. so yeah check that out if you're a doctor Who fan or even if you aren't a doctor who fan uh, Matt what, what was your recommendation for the week
1: my recommendation for the week is bless you and uh, the whole uh, premise behind uh, this short little animation um, is uh, like someone took uh, video footage uh, it's, it I mean the description is an architectural an architect in the skies tries uh, t- tires of his creation decides to spin. Thing, uh something up a bit. And it's basically God, you know, putting Godzilla on Earth. But it's really cool how it's filmed because there's a way to take, like, aerial footage of, like, cities and make it look miniature. And it's a way of, like, blurring the live video. And then they stick – it's basically God sticking Godzilla in the city. And it just looks so cool because it looks like a miniature little city. And then you see this cartoon Godzilla – walking around and the effects are really cool um. in this little review of the ending, but it looks, it's pretty awesome. I thought, what'd you think, Mark?
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I liked the, the mix of like the, what looked like, uh, I don't know what, what is, what's that camera that they use to not to kind of like, there's a certain like the racked focus that they do to make things look like they're miniature. It's like, a racked
1: focus and right. it's uh, it makes everything look miniature.
0: Yeah, so like I liked mixing that with the the animation of like the dinosaur, or like Godzilla creature, and, and like the mixing of that with uh, the, like as quote unquote God that's like making this all, and and then yeah, and I like the the, the tongue in cheek title for it as well, which you don't really understand until a certain point, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked the the editing for it and the the animation and the audio design for it too so i would definitely say check that out as well all right guys uh we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic for the day which is our interview with tara platt and at the end of her interview she'll give us her recommendation for the week as well so i'll be back in a few seconds with her <laughs> All right, everyone. So here's our main topic for the day: our interview with voice actress and uh, live-action actress extraordinaire Tara Platt.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today.
0: Thanks. Uh, definitely. Thanks for coming on, and we can definitely understand with uh, your your stomach bug you had last time.
2: So. Oh man. Remind That's me it. I should not not eat food at restaurants I haven't eaten at so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. I Oh, man. That's my Achilles, though, right? We all have one. It's my stomach. (laughs)
0: Uh, So, I guess, what kind of initially got you into acting to begin with?
2: Sure. Um, Well, when I was a kid, I really thought that I was going to be a doctor or a scientist of some sort, because I've always loved science, and I've always loved math and, you know, sort of figuring out how the world works and how we play a part of that, and so that was really going to be sort of what I was on track for. Um, I thought I was going to be, you know, like a doctor or a physicist or something. And then when I was about eight or nine, I had started going to see a lot of plays with my mom because she, you know, has more of a literary background. And so, you know, it was nice, even though my dad was more into sciences and math, my mom, you know, was coming from an English literary um, theater background. And so it was a nice sort of balance between the two. And going to see all these plays with her, I, I came across one that had a lot of kids in it. And when I was watching it, it was Annie Get Your Gun, and there was a whole chorus of children that were playing, you know, the kids were basically the same age that I was, and it was a whole chorus of kids playing the Indians in Annie Get Your Gun, which is a musical. And I remember watching them do that and just, like, having this, like, epiphany of, like, that is the coolest thing ever, that looks like so much fun, I want to play and have that much fun. (laughs) <laughs> and then, of course, my mom, uh, for the realist, sat me down and said, okay, well, that's great that you want to do that. But, you know, being an actor is a lot of hard work, and you have to audition, and sometimes you get the part, sometimes you don't. And then if you do get the part, you have to do what the director says, you have to learn your lines, you have to go to rehearsal, you know, all that. She basically laid it out for me, which is great, um, you know, because I sort of knew what I was getting myself into. Um, but so she had, so she said, look, if this is something you're really excited about doing, I will completely support you. Um, she luckily my parents, neither of them are like stage mom, stage dad people, <laughs> but she would be, you know, she was very supportive and said, look, I'll take you to auditions. I'll take you to rehearsal, but it's your task to find what you want to audition for. Cause if this is something you really want to pursue, it should be you pursuing it. So I started to go through the newspaper, the local, um, like classifieds. And I found a play that had a kid in it that they were auditioning for, you know, children. And I auditioned for it, and I booked my first audition, and it nice. was all over. Wow. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So from the time I was about nine, um, it just it it was it it was what I had to do with my life. It it was exactly what I needed to be doing. So someday I hope to play a scientist and a physicist and a doctor, <laughs> but until then, you know. <laughs> I get to do awesome. it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Uh, I actually, like in my family, like my dad's a science teacher and my grandfather's actually like a chemistry professor. So oh, it's cool. like, yeah, I, I loved having like all of that, you know, science background and then coming yeah. into like animation, I really mm-hmm. had this technical background. I love like the whole steampunk and all that Oh stuff, my gosh, you, know? you
2: and me both. I actually am working on a project, uh, a short film that I wrote that I'm going to be in that's a steampunk um, adventure because I just... It's like the perfect mashup of like yeah. science and and aesthetic, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome, yeah. So you know, besides the acting, how did you get into like voice acting?
2: Sure. So so of course, I started acting when I was a kid, and then I realized that it's what I wanted to pursue in my life. So I, I got my degree at you know I went to a university. I got my BFA in acting from Mason Gross School of the Arts and the London Academy of mm-hmm. Theatre, and I was living in New York, and that's when I met Yuri doing a film. And we moved out to Los Angeles. And out in Los Angeles, both of us were like, okay, so how do we make money being actors? (laughs) Because that's, you know, we got to pay the bills, right? Um, And I was like, well, I've done theater, I've done film, I've done television, but I know there's other work for actors out there. I just don't know what it is. And so we both started brainstorming. And I think I was, you know, asking him, I was like, what is voiceover? How does that work? You know, because I had never had experience with it before. And I didn't know anyone personally that was working in it at the time. So I couldn't just ask them, hey, how does that work? Um, yeah. And so we just literally took a class. I was like, well, if I don't know something, I'm going to go learn. So so we signed up, we took a class, and from that class, we both made our voice our demos, and then we both got agents, and then we both started auditioning, and it just sort of took off because we already both had a background in acting. You know, we weren't learning how to act at that point. We were just learning how to better use our skills as actors to find paying jobs where we utilized our skill set, you know what I mean? Right, so, so we sort of fell into voiceover, but then it took off very quickly. And even though we're more known for the work that we do in voiceover, we're both still passionate about our on-camera and on-stage work that we do as actors. Because really, we're actors. We're not just voice actors. We're actors that do voiceover, that do stage, that do theater. That, you know, like that we do all the different sort of yeah, yeah. elements.
1: Cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Are there any kind of special techniques that, that you use when you do voice acting or like any like quirks you do when you go into the recording booth?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know that I use specific techniques that would be different from what I would do if I were working on stage or on camera. But I think at the root of it, it's about finding the humanity of the character, um, You know, asking the questions. It, it's actually one of the reasons Yuri and I wrote that book, Voice Over Voice Actor, um, which is our story of how we got into voiceover and how it works. But in that, we talk about the acting part of it, and we talk about how it's really about those questions, asking the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how. You know, the questions you ask when you're in English class and you're writing a paper on something. You know, you the more you ask questions, the more your brain automatically generates ideas and, and comes up with answers. Because it doesn't need yeah. to know the answer when you start asking the question, but by asking the question, your brain gets excited, yeah. and the little machine in there starts to come up with the answer or the solution automatically. And so um, I think it's really asking those questions and then allowing whatever that answer that comes to mind is to really let that sort of ferment and play with it, because that's your creativity, that's your imagination at work. And using your imagination And answering those questions is what allows you to play. And for me, it's all about playing. It's about creating a world that you're playing in. And the way you play in that world is by being completely truthful and accurate to what that environment is. So, you know, if you're playing a mushroom that is on a (laughs) foreign planet and you're a talking mushroom and you're having a conversation, like ask yourself some questions about well, what must it be like? How do I feel? Who am I talking to? You know, like, and the more you can give yourself answers, whether or not they're correct, they don't have to be right. They just have to be the answer you come up with. And that's when you start to play. It's the same as like, you know, you see like a little kid and they're playing house or something. And for that moment in time, it is exactly the truth of, of reality to them. And they buy into it and they believe it completely and wholeheartedly. And that's what makes it so captivating to watch. And we can all sort of associate with it because we see the humanity in that. Um, and so I think, I think that's what it's really about um, for me. Did I answer awesome. your question? I think yeah. I answered your question. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Definitely. I mean, it, it seems like you're really passionate about this. I mean, is it true, like the saying, you know, if you do what you love for a living, you never work in a day in your life, you know? Yep. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Times 10. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So going on um, from that, it, you know, you do the live action, you do the voice acting. Um, what would you say is, like, the, the difference between that, other than you're not being on camera? Is there a lot of, like, different preparations or...
2: And no, because, like, when I do voiceover work, I rarely, if ever, get to read a script in advance or, uh-huh. you know, see the, what the character is about or things like that. Now, obviously, if it's a character, like, say, for example, Naruto, um, I play Tamari on that animated uh, season series. I've been doing it for a number of seasons. And so now I know who she is. I know who the other characters are. Like, I get it, even though yep. I may not know what's going to be this particular episode when I go in to record. But normally, if it's a new show or a video game or something I'm just showing up for, I don't know who I'm playing, I don't know the world that I'm playing in, Like, I don't know any of that before I get there and start reading my lines. Um, Normally, as we're recording them. (laughs) So it's not like there's any pre-production or pre-preparation that I can do as an actor. With on-camera or on-stage, usually you have the entire script, Um, Now, granted, for television, it's a little different because you're only doing it for that episode. You may not know what comes five episodes down the line because they're still writing it and creating it. But um, if you're doing a feature film or if you're doing a stage play, you get to read the whole script. You get to know what your relationships are with the other actors. You you get to meet the other actors normally. You have (laughs) costumes. You have props. I don't know. There's like a set that you're on. You know, like there's a whole world that gets built around you which is great because you don't have to create that out of your imagination. You just get the freedom to play within it. But also what's great about voiceover is you're creating all that stuff in your own mind, you know, your mo- your own yeah. mind size. So it's a little bit of the same work and it's a little bit of a different... It's like um, charcoal sketching versus painting with watercolor. You're still creating a picture. It's just the way that you do it is slightly different, but the tools are still the same because you're still, you know, wanting to replicate or or do your artistic interpretation of of what you're trying to say in that medium
1: Cool, oh, yeah so you know sometimes when you're on a uh, set like or like on a tv production you have the interaction of other people in being in like the voice acting booth are are you sometimes by yourself and is it easier like is there a better dynamic like talking with a person rather than you know speaking in a booth by yourself
2: yeah a lot of times you are by yourself um, mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing ADR, um, which is like additional dialogue, dialogue replacement, which is what you would do for, um, say, like a Japanese animated series that's already been created and that's already been recorded and you're just dubbing the English version of that. Yeah, Um, almost always do that by yourself because timing and the technical elements are so specific that they can't have everybody in the room (laughs) together. Whereas like original animation, usually it's almost like doing a table read for a play because you have five or six other actors and you're working off of each other and you see each other and you can maybe do one or two takes of each little section and sort of get some real play between the two of you. Now, yeah. I personally am always in favor of working with other actors because I, mean, I, I come from the camp that, that acting is reacting. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, like when I'm by myself, I create or generate what I think I would be getting. So I'm reacting to that, my imagined version of what I'm getting from the other person. <laughs> but when I get to play off of someone else, how much fun is that? You know, like it's, it's the same thing of like, I don't know if you're playing a video game and, and one character says, where can I? Can I curse on your show? I forget. Yeah,
0: that's fine. Right. Okay, well, yeah,
2: you won't really, really curse, but but if, if one character is like, where the hell were you? And then the response is, well, where the hell were you? Then you're getting the play of the hell and how that person right. reacts. Whereas if you have the one character go, where the hell were you? And the other character goes, well, where the hell were you? It doesn't feel like it's alive. There's not a yeah. sense of, reality to that and so i think that's part of what makes it fun and sort of pop is when you get that sort of that tension between people because that's what we do in reality in our own lives if someone says to us that we probably respond based on how they've said it and what they've said rather than just saying a line to them (laughs) <laughs> and so I, I always like it if other people can play with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, actually at my work I, you know, some of the episodes I've worked on, we we have done that where we record people separately and that's usually due to like their schedules. Sure, but sure. But it, it's hard to match up, you know, the dialogue to the yeah. inflections that they give and it's like, well, it's cuz we didn't have them in the same room together, you know?
2: Uh, and, and usually what they'll do with a circumstance like that is if you can't be in the same room at the same time, which happens, then whoever records first, they'll have that for reference so you're sort of playing off of them yeah. um, so you get to hear how they said it so you can re- respond to it. It just makes it tricky because they can't have now responded to you so you sort of have to tailor your version for the lines <laughs> that, you know, like, it's, it's sort of like um, playing, what's like one of those, like, I don't know, is badminton one of those things where you toss to each other back and forth, or tennis? It's yeah. sort of like you're playing, like, a, a game of tennis but you have to figure out how to receive but also how to give so that the other person can hit it <laughs> it's like it's yeah. tr- it's tricky you know
1: it's good metaphor
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <clears throat> what's the process like uh like because i've seen that you've done some video games as well when you do the motion capture for that do you ever record your voice while you're doing that for maybe kind of like the in the action kind of dialogue or would you yeah. still do it separately
2: yeah, uh, it's, it's a bit of a mashup. So usually nowadays what they do, sometimes if you're the motion capture actor, you're not actually the voice actor, so sometimes it doesn't matter. The person doing the motion capture isn't actually recording the voice. But I've had the pleasure of getting to do some performance capture, and when I've done performance capture, you're doing the motion capture segment as well as the voiceover segment of the character. And usually the, what I found is they will have you record all your lines while you're doing the motion capture. Um, both for reference, like you were saying, to feel the the motion and what's happening and the the scale of it and stuff like that while you're actually physically doing the the laborious work that you're doing on the sound stage. But then a lot of times they will have you go back and pick things up because sometimes, unfortunately, when you are doing all that moving around, the quality of the sound isn't as good as it would be if you were just behind a microphone recreating how you may sound if you were doing all that technical stuff. And so it's a little bit of both. It's a, it, it ends up being a bit of a mashup. Um, and sometimes they realize that even though they had you saying the line while you were actually lifting the thing, it makes it sound way too heavy or whatever, you know, it is that oh, yeah. they determine. And so they're like, yeah, 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 it was great because you did exactly what we asked you to do. But now could you just make it sound like it's a little lighter, you know, or whatever that yeah, is.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of both. Um, but they usually do record you, just A, for reference, and then B, because a lot of times it ends up working great.
0: Yeah, how fun is it to, to wear the, the, the nice gray pajama suits?
2: To- oh, yeah, it's super sexy. <laughs> 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 no, but it is fun. I mean, there's something really great. I mean, that's also one of the things I love about on-camera work is you are getting to go physically embody a little bit the character. And so I think there's something really fun about the motion capture element to um, that work. Definitely.
1: Matt, cool. Matt. So um, how is it being, um, you know, uh, having a significant other be <laughs> a fellow voice actor as well? Is that, you know, is, uh, how is it?
2: <laughs> Especially since cool. you
0: guys work a lot together too?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I've never had another significant other, so I can only speak to what I know, but uh, I think it's great. You know, it's, it's nice to have somebody that gets what you do and understands the the ups and the downs because you know we we all get disappointed about things and we all get to celebrate things and so it's nice to have somebody that can really really sort of empathize and understand where you're coming from with that Um, and it's nice too because he's particularly successful so you know i sort of get to be the proud little wife um which is fun uh because he's he he works a lot um and and that's also nice too because then people meet him and then they know that he's married to someone who also does similar work and then sometimes they meet me and because they because he's sort of got such a great track record with them they're like oh well we should work with your wife too and then they end up liking me and then it all works out for both of us nice. um but uh But yeah, I think it's great. Um, You know, because obviously we're clearly not competing for anything. Mm -hmm. um, Right. in very different sort of worlds even though i do know that there are a lot of women that do sort of young boy voices and that would be considered something that my husband yuri is very good at doing that sort of quality of sound that's not my sort of field i tend to play the like really strong powerful women and warriors and chicks like that so we're really never competing so it's kind of awesome because we then get to work together (laughs) because we're not in competition we actually just sort of get to sort of um, I don't know, play alongside each other. But like we were talking about earlier, oftentimes when we're playing together, we're not really playing together because he records on Wednesday and then I go in the following Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> so we're not really working together, but we get to work on the same titles.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Do Do you feel like you you motivate each other, like you push each other to do better, like having that significant other like that?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, but we also, I mean, we work really well together. I mean, we also have our own production company, we have our own publishing company. Um, I see. You know, with our production company, we're in post on our second feature film, and we're currently in the middle of season four of our web series, and we've got, you know, a list of other projects that are in various stages of pre-production, from features to mini-series to, like, all sorts of stuff. So we naturally sort of work really well together, so I think we do a good job of balancing each other out and also sort of pushing each other to get the things done that are important to us in in our world, you know, like making those dreams happen. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and then yeah, because my, my son's a huge fan of Ben Tantu, and then he kind of pulled me into it. So.
2: Yes. Yes. It's a really good <laughs> show. It's yeah. such a good show. It's it's really well written. It's very clever. It doesn't just resort to like who's the strongest is gonna win. It it, it uses brains and and group thinking and you know people yeah. sort of. I, I think it's a really good show. <laughs>
0: uh, and you you brought it up earlier, but what kind of brought up the idea and like what went into the the writing of your book voiceover voice actor
2: yeah well that actually came um a few years ago now i think it's been like almost four years (laughs) but um we were getting a lot of emails and a lot of um, notes from people that saw that we had suddenly started doing voiceover and were becoming successful in it and they wanted to know how we did it and how it worked and what what it entailed and basically all the questions we had had you know 5 years before that they were all like well <laughs> what is this how does this work and then there were also fans that just wanted to hear our story and wanted to hear advice or you know were interested in possibly pursuing it but maybe weren't actors and and so basically we had started responding to people's emails with long long emails in response but it's really hard to tell somebody everything you know about something. It'd be the same as me going, so talk to me about how animation works. How do you do that? Like you can't, there's not just like one answer. Like there's, it's huge, you know, you you can't just be like, so how is it being a doctor? You know, like there's just (laughs) so much to it. And so we were writing these really long emails and I realized we just A, didn't have the time and B, it wasn't really giving a full thing. We would answer like a question, but then they would come back to us with five more. And so I turned to Yuri one day and I was like, we should just because I went to the library because I was trying to find a book that I could just recommend because I'm a book reader. So I'm like, if you don't know what you're doing, go read a book and figure it out. (laughs) And I couldn't find a book that I felt really explained what I thought was important and really explained to people what I thought were practicable steps and what I thought sort of made sense of the whole thing because there were books out there that was like the cone of sound is 35 degrees from the angle of the <laughs> microphone. I'm like, that doesn't help you. That doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so was like I want it to be a book that people are going to think is fun, that people are going to think is um, very informative, that it will be entertaining, and that if you decide or don't decide you want to be an actor or you want to be a voice actor, won't talk down to you, but will give you lots of information that then you can pursue more in de- in depth. And we also really were, um, it was important to us to have other people's comments in there. So in our book, there's 20 different other little sort of excerpt stories from other people, from voice engineers from directors from other voice actors you know so we we wanted to have a lot of different perspectives so people felt like it was a sort of well-rounded book and because i couldn't find a book in the library i was like yuri we're gonna just write this thing let's do it and so we started to compile the emails we had already written and then over the course of a year we fleshed it out and then we got those other stories and then we wrote a book cool awesome
1: yeah Yeah, that's that's definitely something I, I would recommend. Um, I actually teach college classes as well, uh, as well, and um, I could definitely recommend that book, to, I know, to a lot well, of students. You. Well, thank so, you. I
2: appreciate it. Yeah, people yeah. really like it, which is very, very nice and, and always, always welcome to hear. So thank you.
0: There you go, Matt. You can have them carry it at the college bookstore and oh, yeah, it. Could raise the book yeah. sales.
1: Hey, I'm the professor. I could tell them to carry that book if they exactly.
2: It, you know? Actually, we tried to do that for a while because there's so many universities now that have voiceover. They're actually starting to give degrees in voiceover, and nice. we were like, "Well, this book is kind of awesome. You want our book?" And <laughs> we were not getting a lot of response from people there. I just don't think they get it or whatever. So,
0: <laughs> well, Matt, you can lead the crowd now.
2: Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, kind of go, going from that you talked about it a little bit too what is it like uh to run your the production company together and uh what initially started up the production company i guess what was the first production you did with
2: Ford? yeah the, the first film we did was called tumbling after it's a psychological thriller uh yuri wrote it and we produced it together and we both acted in it um and the impetus behind the production company and us doing our own projects is basically that you know in this crazy world that we've decided to make a career in the entertainment industry you know there are no guarantees and there's you know a lot of people vying for a relatively few number of jobs and even though we're both I think we're I think we're both very talented people we're also only two people in millions of other people. And so there's a lot of times where we're not having the opportunity to work with the people that we would like to be working with or on the projects that we want to be working on. And or we have our own ideas for projects and stories that we want to tell that we're passionate about, that you know, we are storytellers. And so it came out of our desire and our um, passion to want to be working regardless of whether someone else was hiring us to be working at any given time. And also to allow us to work in mediums and genres that maybe we weren't being as focused on. So like, you know, you sort of, not that you get pigeonholed exactly, but you sort of get pigeonholed and people go, oh, that's what you do. And then they keep hiring you to do more of that, which is great because you want to be hired and you may enjoy doing that thing that you get pigeonholed in. But it doesn't mean that that completely fulfills you entirely and that that's the only thing you can do. And so we thought it was important to be able to say, yeah, that's all well and good, but I also do this other stuff, and I'm also excited about this, and I'm also passionate about this. And so that's kind of why we started it. And, you know, I think we both, we both, even though we don't necessarily have the same artistic sensibilities, our, our sort of um, aesthetic, it, it crosses over each other. We sort of are like a, you know, like a, what is it? It's not a Venn diagram. Oh, man. Um whatever the term is, but but we sort of, we intersect, and on our intersection, there's no reason that we can't play there, and then sometimes we produce things that are more me, and sometimes we produce things that are more Yuri, and it's a good sort of, you know, teamwork. Cool.
1: Awesome,
2: yeah. So
1: um, sometimes when I have, uh, you know, uh, voice actors on or people mm-hmm. guests on the show, I like to ask them if they have any, like, unique stories or some kind of snafu or some little fun, you know, behind-the-scenes, like, memory you have of something like that. Yeah. Do you think you have anything for us?
2: Man, I'm only thinking of a story that's Yuri's, and I would feel weird telling his story. <laughs> <because> his. <laughs> his. Let me think if there's any that are mine. I know, I tend to... I tend to be the the lesser of the fun silly people. Not that I'm not fun and silly cuz I'm plenty fun and silly and I'm sure people will tell you that. But like I tend to take my work seriously. So like mm-hmm. I'm never the one that has the crazy crazy outtakes. When I start to mess up a line, I stop myself and go back and pick it up. Whereas some people really come up with like fantastically amazing, you know, you know, <laughs> things that are their bloopers. And I'm not that person. And sometimes I wish I were more that person, but I'm always the person who, driving home 10 minutes later, thinks of the perf- perfect thing that I could have said. So <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's any behind-the-scenes stories that would be fun or silly or weird or anything. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not thinking of anything off the top of my head, but give me 10 minutes after <laughs> we get off this, and I'm totally ready. Looking- <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, well, one of the movies uh, we're reviewing on this episode was the uh, Iron Man: Rise of Technovore that I saw that yeah. you worked on. Is there anything you yeah. remember special from working on that at all, or working with Marvel or doing a superhero kind of thing yeah. like that?
2: I mean, it was great to work on, but I mean, like that was one of those sessions that I went in and I did. Oh, my yeah, did the ADR. Up, it, it was it was an ADR session, but um, but it was also one of those sessions where I just went in. I recorded, and then I, I left, and it was fun for me to work on, but I didn't get to work with anybody else that was working on it, even though I know many of them. And I wasn't even working directly with Marvel in that sense. Like, once they had approved who oh, was yeah. going to be cast based on our auditions, it wasn't a matter of, you know, like, I've done sessions. when I Actually, when I did um, DC versus MK, oh, the yeah. video game, um, I was playing Wonder Woman, and they actually had a team of folks that were literally, like, on the the phone while i was recording every line so i'd be like uh batman this is wonder woman wonder woman out and then like 20 people would have a say on how i said it and then we would go back and re-record it oh (laughs) (laughs) my that was that was much more intimidating you know it's it's easier just to have the director go great give me another one okay we're moving on (laughs) (laughs) um it's a lot more intimidating to have you know 20 people weighing in on every nuance of every syllable that you're saying so
1: yeah so is um, could you provide for maybe something you're working on right now?
2: Yeah. Um, I've been doing a show called Tiger and Bunny. I don't know if you guys know that. Do you guys know Tiger and Bunny?
0: I don't think I've heard of that.
2: Oh, it's awesome. Okay, that's going to be the one <laughs> that I was going okay. to recommend because we have to be about having some sort of recommendation. Um, Tiger and Bunny is really awesome. It's a Japanese uh, show that has been dubbed. Um, and it's a lot of your your favorite uh, actors like Travis Willingham and Laura Bailey and Yuri's also on it and I'm on it and a bunch of other talented people. But what's cool about the show that I particularly like um, for this anime is that it basically takes place in a world where these superhero characters are sponsored by companies. So it's all about sponsorship. So there's huh. within the show... There's a TV reality show about the superheroes and about them saving the the world, the town that you know is in the world, uh, every week from the bad guys. But it's it's this great sort of meta. I don't know. It, it just it, it takes a look at the world that we naturally live in that is so reality show based and so corporate sponsorship based and and sort of flips it on its head in a fun tongue in cheek way. But you really get invested into the characters and so so i i would recommend tiger and bunny and uh i've been working on that and it's really fun and i think it's on neon alley i think it's playing on neon alley although those sort of things switch over so fast that i think that's where you can find it right now right.
0: well i'll we'll check that out yeah cool uh and then i guess what would be only well, since you you have your production company you, you might have been able to already do it but what's your dream project that that you would love to do
2: That is a hard one. Uh, We have not done our dream project yet. We're both still working and figuring out exactly what that would be, but I am currently working uh, with a screenwriter. Uh, He has just turned in the fourth draft of a feature script that I would like to star in that um, I'm very excited about. And then, um, like I was telling you earlier, there's a short steampunk film that I'm really excited about trying to shoot later this year. Um, and that's something that's very close to my heart because I'm all about highly aesthetic worlds, um, you know, going on adventures in those worlds. If I can be playing a character that's sleuthing or in disguise or costumes within those worlds, I'm totally like in heaven. And so, you know, like think about any of those like like Jean-Pierre Jeunet or Terry Gilliam or yeah. even Baz Lerman, like those kind of movies that are so visually aesthetic that just jump off the screen and then those kind of worlds that I would love, I would love to play in those sort of things, but that takes a little more money than we currently have. So it's all in process. <laughs> Everything's in process.
0: <laughs> are, are there any shows that you watch like right now that, that you'd like to be on that Ooh. like are some of your favorites?
2: Hmm. Yuri's more of a TV watcher than I am. Um, Cause we actually, this is crazy, but we got rid of our television. We watch everything oh, now um, like on Hulu and on our Roku box and stuff. And we also do mostly things on Netflix, so we actually watch an entire season like at once, kind of. Right. Um, so I'm not really watching any. I mean, like, I would love to be on the BBC's Sherlock or something yeah. like that because oh, yeah. it's aesthetic enough that it isn't really our world because it's got that heightened reality to it, yeah. but it's also got that sleuthing element and it's it's very sort of, I don't know, it's very aesthetic. Um I loved pushing daisies when pushing daisies oh, was yeah. on. Like basically anything Brian Fuller does, I want to be a part of. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you get me. Um and so so I love things like that and, and many things that are in the sci-fi realm or the you know, like once upon a time, like, you know, like yeah. fantasy realm, things like that also hit for me. Um but yeah, there, there's some shows that just like I can't stop myself. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love it so much. <laughs>
0: I could see both of you guys on Doctor Who. That would be pretty cool.
2: Totally. Oh, my gosh. Yuri's dream is to be the first American doctor.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.
2: You start, yeah.
0: Start yeah. campaigning now. Cause...
2: I know, right? <laughs> Tell everyone you know.
0: <laughs> Either that. Because can, can he do a good British accent?
2: Oh, yeah. He does right. a really good British accent. But part of the fun would be opening that world up and having it be an American doctor, right? Yeah. That would be cool. That's kind of awesome
0: cool so i guess i guess that'll wrap it up for today uh definitely uh, thank you for coming on today glad you felt better too
2: thank you so much and thank you for for letting me shift it but uh i can't wait to see you guys in just a few weeks
0: yeah no no problem
2: yeah awesome awesome
0: all right right. uh thanks again uh and have a good rest of your your day tara
2: thank you so much take care i'll talk to you guys soon later yep thanks Bye. Bye. bye
0: Alright, everyone, that's our show for the day. Hope you enjoyed our interview with voice actress Tara Platt. Uh, Don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M A R C V I B B E R T.
1: And I am at QuestPact, Q U E S T P A C T.
0: If you guys want to follow her on, on Twitter as well, you can also find her at Tara Platt, T A R A P L A T T. Or if you want to follow the show, if you aren't already, follow us at animatedpodcast. Uh, Like we've said earlier in the show, if you have any questions about any of the topics we've talked about or suggestions or anything you want to send us, uh, feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Definitely make sure you're going to our site every day because we have new news posts up every day thanks to all our writers, Stanford, Stanford, john phil and matt hardman so definitely make sure you're checking all that stuff out and if you haven't already like us on facebook just by searching for animation fascination where we also post news and where you can also contact us and give us suggestions and whatnot yeah guys so i'm Arfibbert. for myself matt quest and our guest tara platt thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time guys Today, later, our later in the show, our guest is Tara Platt. Uh, she's a voice actress and live action actress. So definitely stay tuned for later in the episode because pretty good interview. I'm pretty sure it will be. I'm gonna redo that. That, <laughs> that was bullshit. Uh, and today, our guest is Tara Platt, who is a live action actress and voice action. Voice action. God damn it.
1: Voice of the action of the wrist uh, uh, Okay, go ahead
0: (laughs) What the hell's going on? (laughs) I said it was going to take long and I'm doing all these freaking blippers
1: Do you want me to do it?
0: Let me try one more time and if if I can't do it and then I'll... Alright Today our guest is Tara Platt who is a voice actress slash live action actress Uh, And if you got... Go ahead Matt Hold on.
1: That was good. Apparently I say awesome too much.
0: I say definitely a lot whenever we're recording.
1: Yeah, I hear the word awesome like every other sentence.
0: Yeah, because you say totally awesome a lot. Too. Uh, one episode I want to do, just call it definitely or totally awesome definitely.
1: Definitely. And I'll awesome. just
0: I'll just <laughs> I'll just edit together all the times we've said that on the show. That'll mm-hmm. be like our fiftieth anniversary episode. That's all it'll be.
1: Awesome.